You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So without further ado, let's hit the road. Welcome to episode three. Thank you so much for listening. You rock. So today's episode, we're going to be spending two days in Rome. We've already covered over a thousand miles on our 30,000 mile road trip to Africa. So well done you. <laughs> so and if you're just catching this episode as your first episode, you might want to go back to the first episode intro, which gives you a little bit of backstory of how I even went on this trip back in 1993. Okay, so we've got the, we got the train from Nice, had a little short stop in Monte Carlo, and now we arrived in Rome at about uh, 7.30 in the morning. Of course, didn't sleep on the train because we had uh, just seats that you sit up in and it was freezing, there was no heat on. So I, like, I mean, train, especially night train journeys or bus journeys are great for budgets because you save a night's accommodation. So if you're a really good sleeper, definitely recommend it. <laughs> but if you're like me and not the best, it kind of sucks because then you have to kind of sleep when you get there, which is what we did. We walked around, found a cheap pension and crashed for about four or five hours. And then we hit the roads of Rome. So first up was the Colosseum and we just kind of walked past that because we were going to do that the next day, go inside and everything. So walk past it. It's huge. Oh my gosh. And it's almost 2000 years old and it's in really good shape. Actually, there's just, I think the South side is, has been a bit destroyed because of earthquakes, but, um, it's really being 2000 years old and in the middle of a big city, it, it's pretty amazing. It's still standing, but I'll talk a bit more about that on day two. So they went from the Colosseum and we went to Capitoloni Hill, which is one of the, well, it's the smallest hill of the seven hills of Rome. So it's kind of between, uh, it's between the square and the, the forum. Can't remember the name of the square off the top of my head, sorry. And from there we went to Trevi Fountain, which is probably one of the most famous fountains in the world. And it's where you throw your coins in there. Uh, which I guess comes from if you throw one coin in the Trevi Fountain, that means you'll come back to Rome. If you throw two, then it means you're going to meet an attractive Italian. <laughs> and if you throw three coins, you're going to marry that attractive Italian. And apparently they collect a million euros from that fountain every year, which they donate to charities. But that's crazy, a million euros. But yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful fountain and I'll probably be using beautiful. I'll try and think of different adjectives for you, but uh, there's just is so much beauty in Rome. Uh, yeah, so we went from there. I think we threw our, I think I probably just threw one coin. <laughs> I'm not, I can't remember to be honest. And then from there we went to the, the Spanish Steps, which I think was built in the, I think they were built in the 18th century. And they're kind of in the Piazza di Spagna. And there's also uh, another amazing 
see, I'm trying not to use the word beautiful. Fountain by Bernini, which I guess he built in 1627. But yes, we just kind of, and then of course you must do is like we had, uh, we went and had, got some pasta and gelato. Oh my gosh, gelatos. Mwah. Bellissima. And that was about it. We were pretty knackered <laughs> and just decided we'd get up early the next day, do our literally tour of Rome in a day. So next morning we set out to Vatican, the Vatican City. So we wanted to go to St. Peter's Cathedral. So we hop on the metro. We paid. <laughs> My last uh, episode, you'll get that joke. Ended up at St. Paul's. <laughs> We're like, okay, this is wrong. And we have, like, we've wasted time already. So then we get back on the metro, finally got to St. Peter's, the right place, to Vatican City. And did you know, the Vatican City, is, well, it's the smallest city in the world. And they even print their own euros and print their own stamps and issue their own passports. And it's only like two, I think the border's like two square miles. So basically, that's like one eighth the size of Central Park in New York City crazy eh okay so another thing theme that runs through our our two days in rome is that we seem to get everywhere a half an hour before they closed <laughs> it was ridiculous anyway so we went okay we got to go see the sistine chapel first which was lucky because it was 12 30 and the sistine chapel closed at one so we managed to get in there just before but luckily they stay open till 1 45 so we, we had time and we went to the museum the 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 sistine chapel museum and obviously the sistine chapel itself which is where the michelangelo famous painting of the creation of man and the last judgment wow 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 it literally blew me away it's so lifelike it's amazing like and that's the the, the painting of god and man touching fingers and it's obviously called the creation of man but I guess Michelangelo didn't want to do it. Like he didn't want to work in the Sistine Chapel because he was working in uh, another statue. And he always considered himself more of a sculptor than a painter. Uh, but I guess the Roman emperor in charge kind of made him. <laughs> so he ended up doing the, the Creation of Man and the Last Judgment. But yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful. And then the Raphael rooms, they're, they're like huge frescoes done by other really famous Italian painters like Botticelli, Perugino, Garlandio, I don't know if I'm saying those right, and Roselli. So it was kind of a, we didn't have a lot of time. So we did miss the, the famous torso. I think it was the Apollo torso by Bernini. So we missed that statue. And then we went, so we kind of did the Sistine Chapel. And then we went to St. Peter's Cathedral. Now, walking up to St. Peter's Square, it's huge. And it has, like, this really tall fountain in it. And then it's kind of surrounded in a semicircle of uh, these very tall pillars. And then there's statues on all of those pillars. And then you walk up into St. Peter's Cathedral. And it literally took my breath away. Like, and I'm not even religious. Like, I, I'm, I respect people's religion. I'm just not really religious myself. But I'm more, I guess, spiritual. Like, I do believe in universal or higher power uh, I just don't label it I guess but even regardless of my re religious beliefs or lack of wow it was just I mean it's the biggest I think it's the biggest cathedral like Christian cathedral in the world it it's just amazing 
I always thought like, how can mankind create and build such beautiful, beautiful churches or mosques or, or, you know, sculptures and paintings, yet religion like causes so many wars, even, and it's so decisive, uh, divisive, even now it's, it's, it's a, it's a paradox, I guess. But anyway, so we walked into um, St. Peter's Church and like everything, every little detail, like every sculpture, every stone, it's just so intricately carved in place. It's, it's pristine. It's amazing. So we walked up the, 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 like the main aisle and to the altar, which has like all surrounded by loads of candles. And then there's a marble staircase that goes up t- for the, the Pope, I, I, I assume. And I, that's where I think every Pope has been buried is, is in that cathedral, like in the crypts below. I believe. And, you know, I did sit down. It's kind of those places, like, the more you look, the more you see. And so, yeah, I just sat down and kind of just try to take it all in. And then when we were leaving, I walked down the this kind of the side of the, of the, the cathedral. And because there's lots and lots of different little altars and uh, confession booths all along the sides of the cathedral. And then I just came to one really, really pretty side altar. And I kind of felt impelled no, that's not the word uh, <laughs> I don't know I felt like I needed to or wanted to um, light a candle for my lost loved ones and say a little you know prayer or hello to them switch so I did that and it was really really moving I have to say uh, it almost brought a tear to my eye and then I saw La Pieta wow it was the most beautiful statue I've ever seen in my entire life and it still is and it was by Michelangelo and it's the the statue of uh, Mother Mary, kind of with a, like a, say a broken Jesus on her lap. That did bring me. That did make me cry. It was so beautiful and so lifelike. Wow! It it you must if you go to Saint Peter's, you must see La Pieta. Extremely, I think it's made out of marble, and it's just so beautiful. So yeah, so that was our our uh, Vatican City little run around for a couple hours <clears throat> uh, and so then we got on metro and went back to the coliseum and actually went in <laughs> and the cathedral like uh, the coliseum sorry is like almost 2000 years old i don't know if i already said that but yeah crazy and then there's like 94 different entrances and i guess it's used to be able to seat eighty-seven thousand people like that is like wembley <laughs> For, for 2,000 years ago to have that many people there, wow. And of course, as you probably know, like that's where they had the gladiators and who fought to their death. And then when you walk in, like you see the maze of where all the, where the gladiators were kept, where the lions were kept. However, nowadays, no lions. It's just about a thousand cats that live there. <laughs> So smaller lions. But yeah, that was just blowing my mind. Because again, being Canadian, like we don't have much like building wise history, you know, because it's such a new country. I mean, obviously we have the the Native American Indian history. And Canada is a beautiful, uh, naturally beautiful country. It's one of my, I still think one of the most beautiful countries in the world for nature. So yeah, so walking in, like we're, you know, I think Julius Caesar walked in there in the Coliseum. But you know, all all these people that have been there and sat there from 2000 years ago and you're there now it's yeah it blows my mind i love it 
yes, I, I love lots of like historical places where I can feel kind of the connection through the generations. Yes, that does it for me. <laughs> As well as nature. Those are my, probably my two favorite things. All right. So after we did a, because again, remember, we don't have a lot of time. So did the Coliseum. And then we walked over to the Forum, which is the oldest intact building from the Roman Empire in the world. And it's where the ancient Romans held their religious and a public life, like where they used to do their speeches and stuff. Again, it's like imagining Julius Caesar walking down there and, and, and talking to the ancient Romans. I don't know, it's kind of mind blowing. To the Piazza Navarro, which is one of the largest and most beautiful of the piazzas or squares in Rome. And there's again, three big fountains, one by Bernini, and then two from Della della porta which is from about the 16 mid 1600 or yeah mid 1600s that's what i just love about rome and then we decided okay we need a little little break and grab a gelato because <laughs> gelatos just keep you going but there was no time for the <laughs> no rest for the weary because we had to get to the pantheon and we knew that well we thought that closed at five so we we're like oh my gosh speed walking through rome and get there at about 4.30, no, it closed at four. But you can, I mean, you can still walk around and we peered through some windows and could see it and everything. And that is, that was from like built in 126 AD. And did I say the forum? No, the Pantheon is the best preserved building in ancient Rome. And the dome is actually bigger than St. Peter's Basilica. And yeah, it's amazing. So yeah, the form is almost as old, but no, it's the Pantheon that is definitely the oldest, best, well, best preserved building in all of ancient Rome. So we miss going inside, but like I said, you can still see it on the outside and walk around. And that's what I love about Rome. It's just like literally, or all of Italy, to be honest, I love Italy. I've been back a few times since. Is that just walking around the city, you just... You, you just you go around a corner and like, wow, there's a massive statue or a beautiful fountain or this, you know, incredible, huge square. And uh, yeah, it's that's what I mean. You could literally just spend a day or two or however long you want uh, just walking around and not actually going into, you know, the places to see or do kind of thing. Right. Obviously. I'd recommend doing that too. But, you know, you just sit and have some grab pizza, grab some pasta, uh, gelato, and just soak in the energy and, and people watch. I love people watching. <laughs> and just chill out kind of thing. So, although we did not have time to chill out then anyways. So, because we wanted to, there's one more thing on our list. I don't even know how we found out about this place, but it's called the Capuchin uh, Crypt. And it's like below this small church, which is called, let me try and say it, uh, Santa Maria della Consonine de Cappuccini, which is near the Piazza Barberini. See, I love Italian. I think I can spell, speak it, but I can't. A few words. <laughs> Anyways, so we got, I don't know how, like again, remember, no guidebook, no 1993, no Google, no internet. And we, like I said, we didn't even have a guidebook for Europe. So... I, you know, I think it's pretty remarkable that we found all these things on our own without, um, I, don't, we, I don't even think we had a map. I don't, we must, maybe we picked up a map somewhere. But anyway, so we wanted to get to this crypt. And of course it closed at 
six, I think, and it was like five now. So, and we had no idea where it was. But we found it. We got there about 5.30. And it's, so you go in. And so we go down this like small, we go down these stairs and then it's this small, dark, narrow staircase or hallway. And there's about six rooms, like three, I think it's three on each side. And it's just full, like it's decorated with the Capuchin monks that have died there. So I guess there's like over 3,700 bodies. So like a million bones, I guess. But like one room would have like just be skulls. And it's like, it's decorated. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of weird, but it, it looks pretty cool. And then the next room would just be like arm bones and then leg bones or hip bones. You know what I mean? So each room was very differently decorated and it had different bones. But yes, quite very, very unique, shall we say. A little bit eerie. <laughs> and I've never seen anything like it since, really. <laughs> so, yeah, I recommend checking that out, too. It's called the, the Capuchin Crypt. So that was pretty much our day. I think it was about 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we had gone, before we set out on our sites, uh, we had gone, bought our train tickets to Brindisi. So that left that train left about 11 at night. Um, so we did our usual and got some groceries for the train ride. Just kind of, you know, got on, the, got on the train at 11. And then we thought, we're like, oh, wow, we found this compartment. Sweet. And we could lay down, which is great. But about an hour and a half in, conductor came and an Italian told us we were in first class. So we had to move. And of course, we couldn't find another compartment because, you know, we'd be going for a couple of almost two hours. So anyway, we finally found a compartment with just one guy in it. Could we sleep? No, we could not. A, it was freezing. Again, I don't know what, I guess they didn't use heat in January in Europe, at least on the trains. But then people just coming up opening the door every two minutes, like to check for seats, right? I'm like, oh my God. So again, no sleep. So we got to Brindisi. I think it was about eight hour train ride. Got to Brindisi in the morning. Went and bought our ferry tickets because we were going to Greece. And that didn't leave at nighttime. And we were exhausted. So we literally found a park. Got our sleeping bags out and slept on park benches for about four or five hours. <laughs> anyway, so we got on our ferry. We found this compartment. It was sweet. We we're like, oh my gosh, awesome. And we slept the whole ferry crossing, which was about um, eight hours. Or no, I don't even know if it was, it might have been longer. I think it was 10 hours or something. We we're like, oh, we felt refreshed. We finally had a good night's sleep. Awesome. You know, we, we got to, we're in Petras. We're like, okay, oh, we're almost docks. We hadn't quite arrived to Petras, Greece. And we get the conductor, or I don't know, he's not a conductor on a ferry, the captain, I don't know. Greek captain went ballistic. And he was like, you're in first class. You got to pay first class. And we were like, what? We didn't know, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, police is called. And you're going to have to find out what happens in next week's episode. <laughs> and uh, hear about what to do in Athens for a couple of days. However, before I go. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. So tip number one for Rome is go in the off season. It's cheaper for flights and accommodation as well as most importantly, less people <laughs> so if you go in winter that's what i do if you're on a budget but also the shoulder seasons spring and autumn are also good all right tip number two 
like we heard loads of horror stories about Rome that we're gonna you know get our bag snatched and blah 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 again maybe because we're in January you know I, I felt safe the whole time there and like any big city there's dodgy areas so just avoid those also you can kind of walk around most of the sites in 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 Rome except for the Vatican City and then just jump on the metro that'll save you money as well and they're pretty easy to navigate and obviously with Google Maps now <laughs> it won't be quite as difficult as us trying to find places there's also you know you can join tours walking tours I'm not a huge fan of those I like to do things in my own time my own leisure but if you're into them then definitely you could do a, a Rome walking tour because I guess you get more history of the places as well and tip number three is Regardless of your religious beliefs, you really, really should go to the Vatican City because St. Peter's and the Sistine Chapel, just for the art and, and the the feel of the place and the beauty of the, the, the structures, it's definitely worth it. I mean, I, I loved it. And bonus tip, you have to try gelato. I say at least one gelato a day <laughs> and uh, pizza and pasta, of course. And for solo female travelers, like I said, just stay in the dodgy neighborhoods. As always, kind of look more like a local, right? As much as you can. Like, don't have your camera hang around your neck. Always bring a day pack. Like, that's one of my tips for traveling, period, is, yeah, bring a day bag and, and you know, put what you need in the, for the day in there rather than your big backpack. And again, you know, train stations are great to leave your packs if you're, you're getting a late uh, night train. Uh, so you have to pay accommodation. And then at nighttime, if you are a bit worried about walking around, let's just jump in a taxi or an Uber. Okay, well, I guess that is about it for uh, my top tips for Rome. Thank you once again for listening. And if you could leave me a rating or a review or even a comment, like, hey, if you've met me throughout my trips, say hi on iTunes. And once my website is up and running, depending on when you listen to this, it probably will be, I hope. That's the next few days uh, that you can be able to comment on there too. Uh, and even, you know, or ask me things about traveling. Not a problem. Okay, until next Thursday, we will see you in Athens. All right. And like I said, we've covered about 1,500 miles so far. So awesome. Okay, until next time, safe travels, one road at a time. <laughs>